We're in Lesson 9. We're going to talk about an eternal perspective. Remember last week we looked at the whole issue of the nature of Christ's ministers. And he kind of concluded there in verse 18 of chapter 4 by talking about an eternal perspective. There he talked about in terms of that his focus was on the eternal, not the temporal. So as we get into chapter 5 now in the first 10 verses, Paul's going to expand upon that. He's going to expand upon the whole issue of the eternal focus rather than on the temporal. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This is hard for you and I to comprehend because we live in terms of what? Now. Many of us, sadly, don't live in terms of the eternal. Now, and we just have to be honest with ourselves about that. Because when we talk about things, if you just think about a typical conversation in your home, or you think about things that you pray about, or you think about things that you talk about with each other here at the church, or you're talking about in terms of what? Now. We're not talking about in terms of everything in light of what? Eternity. You know what I'm saying? So, we're not thinking about eternity. Our focus is on the temporal now. Our focus is like, you know, Friday night, I take, got me and the boys, and we're going to go to Walmart, put some tires on the car, and, you know, and just kind of hang out there and look at the toys, and can't go in because the roof's blowing off. So my focus isn't on eternity at that point. My focus is, okay, now what do I do with the boys now? You know what I'm saying? It's on, it's on the temporal, isn't it? So let's look at verses 1 through 5, first of all. We're going to notice his longing. We're going to notice Paul's longing. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed... Having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So let's look at his longing. First of all, Paul gives us an understanding of now. Verse 1 an understanding of now. And what's he going to say here? Paul understood that our current existence is temporary. Paul understood that life is temporary. Life is temporary. He, in fact, when he talks in verse 1, he talks about him as, as in himself, this tent. He talks about his body as being a tent. That his tent is temporary. Existence here is temporary. Now, all of us should be, the older you get, the more you realize that. The older you get, the more you realize that life is temporary. Why is that? Because you attend more funerals. You, you see more relatives get sick. You've experienced it in your life. The body just isn't the same body anymore, is it? You wish you had your 20-year-old body. You could do what you did with your 20. But now when you get up in the morning, it, it's kind of slow getting it moving, isn't it? You know, so, you know, and you know, your spirit may feel like it's 20, but the body's wearing out. 
And life is temporary, isn't it? And, and, and we're not even guaranteed, like I saw an article this week that said that middle age now in America, remember, we used to say middle age was, was 40. Americans now say that middle age is 60. Middle age is 60. So if you guys are in your 60, you're just middle age now. Here you thought you were middle age. So some of you are going to be in your middle ages twice now. You know, twice now. Hey, we're still young bucks here, aren't we? Okay. All right. Now, you know, so here's the thing. Our bodies are temporary. That means life is temporary. But notice what we spend all our time focusing on. We're, we're focused on the temporary of now. The temporary of now. And, but Paul says he understood that our current existence is, t- is temporary. Paul expressed his confidence in the eternal body that he would receive. What he wanted to look to was the fact that one day he was going to get a new body. One day he was going to get a new body. As this body's wearing out, which is an expression of the fact that we're ultimately going to die one day, he was looking forward to the fact that one day he would get a new body. He would be released from the body that he's in right now. Let me just explain something to you. With the Apostle Paul, it's more than just simply that he, he didn't like the aches and pains of his current body. For him, it went a little bit deeper. And, and where you see that expression of it going a little bit deeper is if you go over to Romans chapter 7, where he talks about the good that I want to do, I don't do. That which I don't want to do, I do. And then he makes that statement, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? See, for him, when he longs for the new body, he's got his, he's got his focus in, in line because he knows that as long as he's inhabiting this body, this body wants to what? Sin. This body wants to sin. It's, and I'm going to be honest with you. Sin is enjoyable to a point, is it not? If it wasn't, we wouldn't do it. But even after a while, you get tired of it. Even after a while, when you think about the habits in your life, you get to the point where you say, I just, I wish I could just give it up. Ever been there? And for the Christian, the reality is, is you want to say, I long for the day when I'm with you, Jesus, when I know that I'll be released from this body. No more temptations. No more hearing the invisible sound of the golden arches speaking to you when you drive by. Which my latest thing there at, at McDonald's is hot fudge Sundays. Don't ask me why. Lori, I, Lori just realized this. I, for some reason, I don't like chocolate, but for some reason, a hot fudge sauce just really hits the spot. So now I take the boys there all the time. Okay? So, so guess where we went after on Friday night after Walmart was closed? No, what I'm saying is is that he has an eternal perspective that he's going to get rid of this body that wants to continually, that has been trained all of your lives to sin. And he realizes that and he's ready to get rid of it. With all of its conflicts and everything, he's ready to get rid of it. So he has a confidence in the new body that's coming. A new body. So then notice verse 2 to 3 then. He gives his desire for the future. He then talks about an eternal habitation. 
understanding that what awaited him, understanding what awaited him, Paul longed for his eternal home. See, Paul had a perspective. He understood what was coming. Let me ask a question. How many of you experienced pain this week? I'm not talking about hammer, putting a hammer on your thumb. Not physical pain. How many of you experienced some emotional pain this week? Yeah, we're honest, aren't we? How many of you uh, felt some grief this week? How many of you felt uncertainty and fear? No, don't be hesitant because that's normal, isn't it? That's that's the part of this life, isn't it, that we so much want to embrace. See, Paul, when he understood what awaited him, he longed for what's to come. Remember, we just went through Revelation. What does it talk about what's awaiting us? No more pain. No more tears. No more fears. Paradise. Why do we want to keep holding on to this place? I mean, think about it. Week after week. Insecurity, fear, pain. Insecurity, fear, pain. Do you see my point? You know, yeah, the newest gadget, the newest bionicle toys that are coming out. You guys don't know what that is, but my boys do. It's all to live for. And they're telling me, Dad, that only costs that much. I don't know how much you're spending on me. And uh, I said, well, I've already bought yours. Oh, okay. You know, so he's talking about here an eternal habit and habitation. I mean, look at our question. There. Would you say that most, it should be most, not must, most Christians live with an eternal perspective or with an earthly perspective? And why? Do most Christians live with an eternal perspective or an earthly perspective? And let's that's, that's just put it right here in the United States. Earthly. Why? Why do we live that way? Worried about the present, Jerry says. Anybody else? Okay, Ken says we live for now. What were you saying, Dan? Okay, so we're in our physical body, so we think in terms of right now. Okay, that's what Deanna's saying. Anybody else? Why do you think our perspective is on the earthly rather than the eternal? Okay, Rod says we're spoiled. Okay, well, the ladies over here are nodding in agreement. Some over here are shocked. Yeah, we are. You know, we're actually the wealthiest nation in the world. Rod's right. We are spoiled, aren't we? We are. So, because we're spoiled, our focus is on what now? Yeah, on material things. On getting more material things. But have you noticed we're not satisfied? Have you noticed that when you go buy that rifle at Grice's, you're not happy with just that one? Next year you go back looking for another one? I still go in there and look at the new ones. Have you noticed that? Or... You know, you get a new car, and after two years, that little ding sound makes you want to get what? Another one. You know, I mean, so do you understand? Our perspective is on now, and it has to do a lot of things with things, does it not? It has to do with things. 
In fact, I would say that most of us here have a plan for what you would like to do with your house. More so than you have a plan for what you want to see God do in your life in the next ten years. Did you hear what I said? And that's even true for Lori and I. You've got a plan for what you want to do with your house over the next ten years, money granted. More so than what you have a plan for what you'd like to see God do in your life over the next ten years. I think that would reveal to us where our what perspective is, isn't it? Where our perspective is. Now, let me just say this. There's nothing wrong with stuff. There's nothing wrong with stuff. It's a question of where your perspective is. Because in the Bible you have wealthy believers as well as poor believers. But what you'll see in the Bible is, is that what set them apart was their perspective. Their perspective. So, the issue isn't stuff. The issue is where your perspective is. And if your perspective is on the earthly, on the temporal, then your perspective is out of whack. Your perspective is out of whack. So, now he talks in verse 3. He tells us the timing of this eternal habitation. And Paul stated that the eternal state would be instant upon death. Look at verse 3. For indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. What's he saying here? We're clothed right now in this body of what? Flesh. Having been clothed in this body of flesh, we're not going to be at any point without a body, is what he's saying. But you say, of course we die. Yes, but to absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. See, when you die, you're going to give up this earthly Tent, it's a good way to describe it, isn't it? Tent. You're going to give up this earthly tent and get a new body. When I think of tent, I think about the tent that Lori and I bought right after in our first year of marriage. I think we've only used it twice. If that. Yeah, it's been used. The kids have played in it. but But here's how temporary it is. We had it outside in the backyard. Kids were playing in it. A big windstorm came up. Just crash! Now I've got busted poles on it. Like, okay, how are we ever going to use this thing again with the poles all busted on it? Where am I going to find poles for this thing? And I thought, boy, what an illustration of our bodies. Your bodies, they're constantly changing because of stuff that happens to you. Like, I've got a scar on my forehead. You know, for the first 39 years of my life, I didn't have it there. Now I'm marked with it, and forever people are constantly looking at it, especially around hunting season, to see if I've been kissed again. <laughs> you know, if I move away from here, I'll never tell anybody that. They won't be looking, okay? Okay. <laughs> now, so what I'm saying to you is, is that you, your body's scarred up. And you can even name where the scars came from, you know? And maybe some of them fade over the years, but your body is constantly being ruined. And, and some of us help our bodies get ruined, don't we? One too many donuts. Or if you have habits that are wrong, like drug habits or alcohol habits or stuff, you can destroy your body. And the hospitals are filled with those folks. And so Paul says, look, 
this earthly body is breaking down, but when it breaks down and we ultimately die, I'm going to be in the eternal state. I'm going to have a new body upon death. Isn't that an awesome thought? Let's talk now. Let's go on here. The current condition, verse 4, he talks about the groaning. Paul stated that they are burdened for their future state in heaven. Paul's talking about it literally here, verse 4, for we who are in this tent groan. Burdened for what's coming. Does that describe you? Sometimes. You know, but we groan for the eternal state. See, what Paul's saying here is, is his perspective, period, is that nothing else is important. That what's important to him, what he longs for, what he groans for, is to be with Jesus. That's what he's longing for, is to be with Jesus. Okay, let's, let's go on here. So he looks at the promise there in verse 4. Paul longed for the promise when death is swallowed up in eternity. How many of you like death? Nobody, huh? Let's, let's, let's just state the reality. We all hate it. We hate death. That's no friend. Just when you think you get used to death, and sometimes that happens. I, I remember, you know, I shared with you, my brother was a cop. And uh, I will never forget at the wake, at the viewing, this big, burly police officer come through. He's a captain, all tactical, and going over to my brother's casket and just breaking down weeping. And that just shook me, because last thing in my mind is I, I don't picture police officers crying, because they deal with death all the time. And then it was like the perspective entered into my mind. Even they, who deal with death every day and get used to death, are not friends of death. Death is our enemy. And when you see your loved one in a casket, or you see your loved one on a deathbed, we hate it, don't we? We dread it. We do everything we can to forget about it. But it's there. It's there. It's a reality that we have to live with. So I think we can understand what Paul's talking about. He longed for the promise when death will be swallowed up. In fact, Revelation talks about death being cast into the lake of fire. We long for that, don't we? We put it out of our mind, but the reality is, look around. If you've got someone here that you, that you love or you care for, the fact is, is that at some point, they're going to die. And at that point, you're going to experience great grief in your life. But we put that out of our mind right now because we don't want to think about those things. But we also know in the back of our mind, that's true for each and every one of us, isn't it? That's just the nature of our existence. And Paul said he longed for the promise. He longed for the promise when death would be swallowed up in eternity. 
Now then, we're going to finish with verse 5, because we're, we're going to get through the last of it next week. We have a guarantor. We have a guarantee, and that is the Holy Spirit. Look at what he says in verse 5. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. First of all, the one who prepares. The one who planned and prepared us to reach the eternal state is God. God is the one who planned and prepared us to reach the eternal state. This is not just something that Paul thought up. This is not just something that just maybe might happen. The one who is the one who's planning this for you and I is God. Isn't that an awesome thought? Like my future destiny is not in the hands of somebody else. It's in the hands of the eternal God who loves me. Wonderful, isn't it? And then here's what he does for us because he knows that sometimes we get to the place in our spiritual lives where we... We, we, we wonder. We, we get discouraged because we have an enemy who uses discouragement against us. He says, look guys, if you get discouraged, I'm going to give you something to help you to understand what's coming. And that is, he gives us a guarantee. God gave us the Holy Spirit as our guarantee for the future. See, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit entered into your life, not just to seal you until that time, but also to serve, as he says in Ephesians, to be our guarantee for what? Our guarantee for what's coming. For what's coming. And this, and listen, can I be honest with you, this guarantee is not like the service plan you buy at Lowe's, where, you know, of course you get the one year, minus all this other stuff. But if you want, you can pay you know X amount of money for over the next whatever years. You know it goes up every year if you wait. You know to to work on your washer or whatever. And you know you sit there and you think, boy, is that like God? No, God doesn't. He says it's guaranteed. You when you die, you're going to be with me. Isn't that an awesome thought? Isn't that an awesome thought? So when you're discouraged, you just need to know I have the Holy Spirit within me. He's my guarantee. Even when everything else seems terrible, I know that I have a future home with Him because of the Holy Spirit indwelling me. Wow! Isn't that an awesome thought? Hey, what does that say? The guarantee isn't based upon who? Yeah, it isn't based upon you because you're going to flub up and mess up, aren't you? The guarantee is based upon who? God. What a wonderful thought. That, that, what a way to keep an eternal perspective, isn't it? Okay, we're going to finish up the eternal perspective next week by talking about how the eternal perspective then gives us a confidence and a commitment for the future. See, because of the eternal perspective, you can now move forward with confidence. Isn't that an awesome thought? Because your perspective is on the future. And so we'll talk more about that next week. Okay.